Alright, so I'm here with one of my childhood best friends, Sharla Horn. And she is the first person that I will be interviewing for uh, this podcast that doesn't have a name yet, Yay. but is really a, a passion project of mine to be able to connect with women in my life who are doing amazing things and who are taking risks and really trying to connect what they do and how they operate in this world with their passions and what they are, what they feel is really aligned to um, their spirit. And I'm honored to be a part of our unknown podcast right now. <laughs> unnamed. <laughs> unnamed. Unnamed podcast right now. So I'm just really excited to be here. But I wanted to give Thank you that. Thank you, boo. <laughs> Hug time. <laughs> Thanks but, so much. Like Sarah said, I'm from Jackson originally, and um, we grew up together. Um, I wound up going to Mississippi State for my bachelor's in psychology, and then I went moved to Atlanta shortly after I graduated for my master's, and I lived and worked in Atlanta for like two years maybe, and then I moved to D.C., and I got into a Ph.D. program at um, George Washington, and then I got into, I got a promotion with a job um, at a residential treatment center for women with eating disorders. So I was managing that, I was in school, and that was like stressful, like so stressful, and I wound up like really literally the first day of school and it's like you moved to dc i moved to dc in march of 2018 i didn't start school until august and literally the first day of school was like i want to do this like that was literally where i found myself as far as like how i wound up getting back to jackson um and i just was not passionate about my program i wasn't i didn't feel like i was as passionate about it as i should have been and it just didn't really align with my career goals like something about being there just felt mm -hmm. off it just didn't feel like you authentic. could feel it yeah like yeah. I could feel it and so like I was just like okay and then so I wound up going back to where I am today I wound up transferring programs or really reapplying to programs and got into the clinical psychology program at Jackson State so I started that this August of 2019 and I just finished thank god my first Woo! semester congrats Woo! so that is where I am now but it's, it was just a big like fight with myself mm -hmm. to figure out like why don't you want to be here mm -hmm. you know because mm -hmm. I think you know when you move you're offered this great opportunity it's like you got in the PhD program at George Washington mm -hmm. you know you're going to deeply and living in DC I had family in DC um, I had a very very super accommodating living arrangement mm -hmm. with my family you know like there you don't have anything to complain about mm -hmm. and you just don't feel good about where you are yeah and it just sucks yeah. you know it just it just doesn't it doesn't feel good to feel that almost like dissonance with yourself. Right. Like I want to be here, like I want to like it, but right. it feels so forced. Right. Like it feels so like, ugh, like oh my god, let me. I guess I'll do my homework because I should. But there yeah. was no. I think feel like my passion for why I got into counseling and psychology in the first place was just like dwindling. Mm -hmm. It was just like getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah. And it just it felt so gross. Mm -hmm. It just felt really gross. And I think. Also, with me working in mental health as well, and I was managing a treatment center whose corporate company, I think that was my first time also being on the corporate side mm -hmm. of mental health, because mm -hmm. I had just been like working in private practice and being super hands-on with my clients. So having like, I have these corporate guidelines I have okay. to follow oh, for nice. admitting people who are sick, who are physically. So like feeling limited. Yeah, feeling yeah. limited and feeling very what's the word I want to use? Feeling very like discriminative almost mm -hmm. towards 
why are we taking this person into our facility? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like certain people were great fits for the program, you know, what our program offer. And some people really should be in the hospital. Right. But you want them to come here out of like, you know, a financial standpoint. Mm -hmm. And it just was so, it was just, just it's like soul sucking. It was so sucking. It was just like, ugh, like, I don't want to do this. I don't know why you're doing this. And then seeing that entire company being based off of these ideals, it was Mm -hmm. like, I just really cannot be a part of this anymore. Like, it was just, it got into like a very toxic place, Mm -hmm. I think, with, understanding my role and like I but if I don't do the things you want me to do like my job is in jeopardy mm-hmm. so it's like I need to power through this yeah so I can still make a living for myself because mm-hmm. at that point I had like said I wasn't going to go back to school I didn't go back to return to school this January I was like I'm gonna apply for schools mm-hmm. kind of thing and so just having that job being the only thing that I had mm-hmm. I was just like oh my god I'm god to get out of here yeah. <laughs> like it was rough. It was rough. It was that's rough amazing. Time. And I feel like what you said really resonates with me as far as when your spirit is really speaking to you. And some people use spirit. Some people feel like, say, intuition. Right. Whatever it is, it's that feeling in the pit of your stomach where you're like, I am not where I need to be. Right. I'm not aligned. Something is off. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like we, you know, something, whatever you want to call it, speaks to us in those mm-hmm. moments. And I think it's so easy to drown it out. Like, right. you know, it may not be comfortable. It side. Right, but yeah. it's like, oh, but I've got everything already in place and I'm already on my route and I'm mm-hmm. on my path. And right, like even if it's like your apartment, like I already have the apartment, right? Right. right? All of these reasons why mm-hmm. you shouldn't do something. But I think those are the moments that are so important for mm-hmm. defining who we are, how the path is going to veer into right. these ways that lead to a life that is really fulfilling and, right. and joyous right. and impactful not just for you know in our lives but in the lives of others because we're where we really need to be right and um first of all like i'm so happy for you that you went through that it sounds like you really took time to listen to yourself and to take a lot of risks Mm -hmm. around um your career Mm -hmm. and and your education and i think i hope that people hear that and Mm -hmm. and are hopeful and anyone who is sitting in there, you know, literally studying right now, right. like not studying because they want to listen right. to this podcast or like yeah. on their drive to a job that they don't like. Or, or that they're unsure about, you know, is this the right thing for me? Or I know that I'm not here for the right reasons. Right. That like, that's okay. It is okay to feel like that. But I think, you know, taking, like you said, like that leap of like, okay, what are we going to do about it? Right. Because the kind of life that I was living, doing those things, it just wasn't, it wasn't satisfactory. It just wasn't, it didn't feel good. Like, it didn't feel good going to work in the morning. Mm -hmm. It didn't feel good being there. It didn't feel good, like, doing, like, I feel like my heart just wasn't in anything that I was doing. And it just felt so draining. How did you know that you had gotten to a breaking point? I think with school, um, what happened? I started, that semester, I think, was really rough for me in general because I was balancing working and being in school. Um, and so that transition was really rough from the start, from the start of the semester. Mm-hmm. And then I guess realizing too, and then we talked about this a little bit earlier before we started, but like schools, the understanding politics of universities mm-hmm. and like that, even though this is a big university, you know, it's a very well known prestigious place. If they don't care about that program, they're not going to pay attention to the program. They're not going to give money to the program. Mm-hmm. They're not going to give time but you know any business major any engineering major mm-hmm. any chemistry biology they're like state-of-the-art buildings mm-hmm. and you know all these high-rise i mean we're in dc and we're in like a 
we were in like a three-story brick building mm-hmm. and we were in the basement of the building just yeah. running clinic and it was just like what is this this is crazy and you, you know at george washington and i'm at george washington like, university in the middle of like the heightened dc yeah. crime area and it's just like what you know like we're we're offering counseling services to the students at the school mm-hmm. and you're not giving us support to do that right. and that's just i don't i couldn't really wrap my mind around mm-hmm. that and then um I had like a negative experience with a professor and I've never really had a truly negative interaction Mm -hmm. with um, a professor. And I think she was a woman of color. And I think that really kind of tipped me Mm -hmm. in a different direction. Not that, I mean, I know people have their own things going on, whatever, but I think for her to kind of choose to single me out in a negative way Mm -hmm. was so off putting to me that I couldn't really it took me a minute to kind of bounce back mm-hmm. from that. So I think seeing the university's political problems, having this negative, and it was my, and that was this particular professor, we only had three classes. She taught two of the three. Okay. So I'm with you majority of the time. Yeah. She was also my advisor. Um, y'all were, y'all spent a lot of time we were, together. You know, I was like around each other a lot, but she would like literally noticeably single me out in class mm-hmm. or call on me and pick on me or chat, not, not in a, I'm open to challenging me right. in a way of challenging me to look at another perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I'm still learning. So I'm in school, mm-hmm. but you're challenging me to, you're challenging me in a way to make me feel smaller. Right. And that is something I really cannot right. deal with right. <laughs> in a professional or in a personal. Like the intention the was intention not The intention wasn't pure. to help me. Right. It was not to be supportive. Right. It was not to lift me up and say, oh, you're also a, a student of color. Let me help you, uh-huh. you know, figure the program out. How can I support you? Let me be hands-on, da, da, da. It was more like, oh, I think you're intimidated by me. Oh, and really? It was, so it was like a power literally, struggle. It was a power like, struggle that I don't know if she felt some type of way about me. I don't know what it was, but mm-hmm. she really like singled me out a very I mean a way I've never experienced before and I think for it to be from another woman of color who I did look up to I respect it you know I didn't show any disdain towards her even in the times where I felt like she was being nasty um that it was just like what what is what are we doing here you know and then I clung to um a supervisor I had who was a professor there and I wound up just being in her like bawling wound up just crying in our supervision like I don't know if I'm supposed to be here like I just don't feel like I'm supposed to be here and we did um what we call a sand tray where it's like little you people don't know what this is so it's like little figurines so you'll go in some therapists who specialize in it they'll have like bookshelves full of like they might be little people or like a baby or dragons or animals, oh, uh, cool. airplanes, cars, okay. like houses, stuff like that. And it's like a big, it's like probably the size of this table and it's okay. sand. And you choose your items, like mm-hmm. whatever kind of jumps out at you. Okay. And then you kind of arrange them. How in is the sandbox? It? In the sandbox. Okay. Kind of however, you know. Whatever you Whatever feel. you're feeling in the okay. moment. And then we'll reach, you like say like, okay, well tell me about it. And you that's know, how so, she gets information yeah. out of you. Oh, so she so does cool. that kind of therapy with children. She's all amazed. I don't know that's if I can amazing. name drop. Her name is, I'll name drop her because she was phenomenal. Um, Mary DeRay in D.C. She's phenomenal. And she's a counselor? She was a, she's a Ph.D. level okay. therapist, okay. school counselor, professor. And um, I think she was a trauma specialist. Okay. And she was just phenomenal. She was best, one of the best supervisors I've ever had, like, giving me feedback. Yeah. I, I talked to her a lot about kind of emotionally what was going on. 
and she just like read me and i was yes. and she was just like well you don't you seem to be unsure you oh know you just seem to be unsure what a like about. superpower to have to right. like bring that amount of information <laughs> right. out from of like i'm like, just picking figurines what? yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's and so amazing. i'm like okay and so we um so she and she helped me get clarity and it it was better for me to get it from her because she's there mm-hmm. she's in the program like she knows the stressors i'm talking about right. she knows what i'm referring to she can understand she knows the people who are you know right. causing issues or whatever or being helpful you know so it was it was, was really her and my own personal therapist mm-hmm. who i talked to a lot about it like feeling really battling with feeling ungrateful mm-hmm. like i feel like mm-hmm. i'm just being ungrateful right. and i was trying to hide my frustrations with like the lack of passion mm-hmm. i felt in my life with you're just being ungrateful you know, you're you live in DC. You've always wanted to live in DC. You live with your family. You're barely paying rent. You know, and you live in the city. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a job. You're a manager. You're you know in a PhD program at George Washington. Like, how are you not happy? Right. What's wrong with you? Oh, like, that's a terrible feeling. And to it's have such a terrible too. feeling. But I kept trying to like mask it under. No, you're just tripping. No, no, no. Right. You don't like this. Isn't real. But you knew something was off. And I was just like, like it's something not right. very real. Right. Something that was more than just not feeling great. But it's like no, right. but something's off, something's and I need to off. figure it out. Yeah. And I deserve to have the life that I that I want right. and that I need, even right. if, it, if it's not this. Like right, even if it means you're gonna pack up and you're gonna move right. to Jackson, Mississippi, right. which is what happened. Right. And but, but I fought myself every step mm-hmm. of the way, just mm-hmm. like to the point where I was probably the most anxious I've ever been in my life. Mm-hmm. I think I was probably a little depressed, a little bit just like trying to fight with or when I decided like, okay, you're not gonna go to class in January, but then I'm like well, what if you don't get in? What if you don't get into another yeah. school and you're just going to... Start to, like, second-guess yeah. yourself yeah. and, so like, everything like, feels all or nothing. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm like, so why are you going to quit? You don't even have a plan yet. That's stupid. You right. know, just, like, right. talking myself out yeah. of the game. And people are always like, like, as a, you're a therapist. Like, you probably, you know, have the best stuff. So I'm like, no. Like, I have bad days. You yeah. have a bad, rough phases where I'm like... I'm unsure. Yeah. I don't. I'm seeking my therapist right. because I don't under. I don't have the clarity I need to make yeah. decisions. Like I don't. You Thank know, you for being so real <laughs> because I do think that therapy. Also, shout out to therapy and shout all of us who are in therapy, therapy and also like the people who are trying to do work to make it more accessible. Yes, because we know. Like I, I know it's been so helpful for me and. I do think there's this idea like, oh, you're a therapist, you know everything. Like, yeah. you're the person I have to go to for all the answers. Right. How was your life not together? Right. You, right everything's perfect. It's and like, it's not. No. no one is perfect. And I think we're all on this journey of figuring out. Honestly, I feel like it's it's a way of life. Yeah. Alignment and it's like a constant out. journey. It Absolutely. does not end. There's no like on this day in twenty <laughs> I forty two. Every yeah. all my worries are gone. Right. Like, it just doesn't work right. like that. And it's constant rediscovery of who you are mm-hmm. and choosing every single day to mm-hmm. love yourself mm-hmm. and to ask those hard questions mm-hmm. and ask again, like, is this what I really want to choose today? Right. Is this what I want to continue to choose and reassess? Right. And it sounds like you are on a real journey of rediscovery, which is so difficult. <laughs> so difficult. So difficult. Um, how did you really feel your spirit in those moments mm-hmm. that were really hard? How did you keep a level head or how did you find joy how did you keep yourself moving forward when things got really anxiety-filled or fear-filled or dark? I think I really, I dove a lot into praying personally and just trying to be mindful of like, 
what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. You know, what what are you trying to? Here's my mom. Here's my mom. <laughs> I mean, like, and what like what are the things that have like rooted your life? You know what I mean? Or what was the original plan here? Mm-hmm. You know, because I feel like you know you get into your career and you know I started working for this company. Oh, you promoted me. Now mm-hmm. I'm a manager. I'm managing a treatment center. Like, right. oh, like, whoo, that's amazing. Right. But then like, okay, well, how did I get here? Because mm-hmm what I feel now is not fulfilling. It's not, you know, I don't, it doesn't give me the, the same accolades joy. aren't right. necessarily fulfilling. Right. No, it's like, like it's just a title. They should be. Exactly. Right. It's just a title. But I was just like, do you even like this? Like, do you even want to work in administration in right. mental health? Like, I think we kind of hate it because I wasn't seeing clients. Yeah. So I didn't have that one-on-one hang. The parts that the, you had loved about loved, it, you weren't even getting to it I anymore. wasn't even getting it. Right. So I was like, okay, what do we need to do here? So I think, trying to figure out what the bigger what my bigger picture is and like really trying to dive into prayer like about my purpose Mm -hmm. what is my purpose supposed to be like I would ask you know I mean I know other people have different religious backgrounds but I would ask God like where is my purpose like Mm -hmm. show me reveal to me where I should be what should I be doing what should I be focusing on because I know this isn't it Mm -hmm. you know so like like I would just try to like please like show me guide me push me in the directions make me feel uncomfortable where in a place that I'm not supposed to be and that's what kept happening over and over again so I was just like okay well you know you're not supposed to be here right you know and I think originally my I was in the counseling education and supervision program at George Washington and originally I applied for clinical psychology programs that was my first love psychology's always been my first love I love counseling but I wanted both Mm -hmm. I never wanted like one or the other Mm -hmm. um so I was just like why don't you just apply for the program you wanted from the beginning like Right. Just go back to that. That's what you really want to do. This is what you really enjoy, mm-hmm. you know. And then I kept thinking, like, well, and then this way, you'll be able to offer the most mental health services mm-hmm. yourself. Like, right. without having to refer out, I won't have to go anywhere else. So, and a lot, I know a lot of people don't understand the difference between psychologists, therapists, and psychiatrists. Like, the people get those in yes, their <laughs> Yes, I just know one can prescribe, right. one can't, like, right. but they're all trying to help. They're, right, they're all, we're all trying to help. So yes. <laughs> we're all trying to help, but psychiatrists go to medical school. So okay. they are medical doctors. Okay. They prescribe they medication. Prescribe. Okay, yes, okay, yes, yes. okay. So I'm not in school for psychiatry. Okay. I'm not, my science is not my strong suit. <laughs> I was not going that route. Psychology, if you are a psychologist, you can do therapy, you can also um, provide supervision. You can also be a professor. Okay. You can also, the thing about psychology, you can do um, intelligence tests. Oh, cool. Okay. So, like, pr- some private schools do, like, they'll, they have to take certain um, achievement tests or okay. intelligence tests or whatever to gauge and, like, score in a certain percentile rank to gain admission to some schools. Okay. Like, certain private schools are like that. Or if you're filing for disability, okay. you will have to come in and take a test with right. it. We have to... T- give you testing to determine where you fall to determine if there is an actual mm-hmm. intellectual disability. Mm-hmm. So those are testings that we can offer as well as psychologists. Okay. So I'll be able to offer those things as well as I have a master's in counseling. So I am a trained take on clinician to, yeah, right. and have a completely, aside from this testing, I can just do mm-hmm. one-on-one therapy with you. So those are the differences, people, for yes, that. So now <laughs> I know, we know it gets very, very confusing. But um, so I wanted to do both so that I can offer testing. I can see you as a client. That's I awesome. can teach, you know, and because I feel like a lot of people don't. 
I think mental health, even though it's about to be 2020, is still very, very, very stigmatized mm-hmm. in such a negative mm-hmm. light yeah. that um, people don't feel comfortable seeking help mm-hmm. and they don't feel comfortable talking about seeking right. help and they don't feel like they need help. Right. You know, so we just have a lot of people out here who want to get help are almost too scared right. to take that first step. Yeah, I think we as a society haven't embraced that as a real remedy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or as like, you're not tough enough. Or right. honestly, like, I'm going to blame the patriarchy on this one. <laughs> I, I uh, complain about the patriarchy about how many times a day. Um, so this is like number four today. Um, but yeah, no, I think you're so right. And unfortunately... I think people turn to medication before they turn right. to anything else. Right. And sometimes it's just having the opportunity to get right with yourself, to talk to someone about mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. to even just go back. I feel like so many times I go back to childhood. Yeah. I'm like, oh, wait, this makes so much right. sense. But no one ever asked me that question. Exactly. So I never took I never know to think right. back to those thoughts, those right. memories and figure out what it is. And right. that's what I tell like people who come in to see me for the first time and you know, most people like don't know it. Like they're like, I don't know. I just wanted to try it out. Da right. da da. You know. But I always kind of tell people like my personal belief. This is not all therapists, but my belief is your family is your first relationship. Mm-hmm. So as a child, if you think about it, that's how you learned how to. This is how I learned how to show love. Right. I learned that from seeing it. This right. is what you do when you're angry. Okay. I, this is how I show my anger. Right. Okay. This is what you do when you're sad. This is what you do when you're happy to see someone. Mm-hmm. This is what you add yuck, when you're mad at somebody. Right. Like, that is where you learn that. And that's family, like chosen family. That's if you chosen are adopted family, or foster care. Right. Foster care. Right. It's fo- or sometimes, unfortunately, not even your chosen family. Right. Not like, even your chosen family. Just where you ended up as a kid. Exactly. And who you were surrounded by. So, if you're, think about, like, if that's where I'm learning how to survive. Right. Think about kids who have, who are going from house to house. Right. In foster right. care. Or, you know, and especially in foster care is in areas that have low SES. Right. You know, where they're not really being taken care mm-hmm. of. No one here is being taken care right. of. You know, we're all just kind of winging it. Right. How does that kid learn to love? Right. How do they learn how to receive love once they meet someone mm-hmm. and who wants to, you know, care about them? They're not going to be very trustworthy, right. trusting in that because they don't recognize Absolutely. it. You know, so I think people don't really understand how many beliefs are gathered during that time. Right. And the foundations that are built. Because like- even in your relationships, like even if even living in a two-parent household you know whatever this like an ideal setup you can still learn negative ways of coping Mm -hmm. like my parent or like for example people's parents who don't talk Mm -hmm. you know they don't communicate Mm -hmm. well so they just they either a lot of things aren't said or they argue you know so i'm not gonna have good communication right even though i have that model exactly Exactly. even if i came from this ideal two-parent household my parents are still married you know whatever Mm -hmm. that doesn't matter if it's not healthy right you know oh my gosh yes we we gotta do a whole nother episode (laughs) on relationships and all that good stuff um but i love that you talked about talking to yourself talking to god um I know there are so many different ways that people communicate with right. higher powers. Mm-hmm. And I do think just having a conversation in general yeah. to, to ask those questions is, is such a great place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, were there other practices that you found particularly helpful um, that you would recommend to a friend? Or mm-hmm. just, you know, if someone has come to you and said, I'm going through a really difficult transition, 
Um, or I am really afraid of, of taking this plunge. Mm-hmm. How can I fill my spirit up to just be as strong as it can be to know mm-hmm. that like at the end of the day, I have myself to fall back on. Like, right. are there practices that you've seen that have been really successful, whether it's like meditation or diffuser or, <laughs> or, or, yeah, or, or journaling? I don't know. Have you found any practices that, that really resonate with you? For me, no. I'm kind of a... I'm a very introverted extrovert. So I really need to think about everything. Mm-hmm. But if I'm overthinking it, it's mm-hmm. getting it's like it's getting to a, like right. a bad place. So I need to talk about it. So I would probably say the most helpful thing for me is talking to someone that I feel like can give me support but mm-hmm. can also give me clarity mm-hmm. and isn't afraid to push me. Right. And those that three combination mm-hmm. is very it's a difficult it's very very delicate balance. But I think having having that person that you feel comfortable talking to, right. where you can air your thoughts out, but they can also help you say like, well, you've been saying for like the past five months that you hate this, right. so maybe it is time for a change. Because I think we kind of can trick ourselves and like, oh, I'm just having a bad day. Right. And it's like, well, girl. No, it's been know? a pattern. Like, it's been a bad day <laughs> like, every day this every year. Every weekend, yeah. you've been telling me about the same thing. You know, right. so, you know, having that person say like, well, no, you know, it's okay. Because I think you don't want to feel like this is real. Mm-hmm. So I think feeling like it's okay to feel that way. Mm-hmm. And then also having someone be like, well, why don't you try to have something different? Right. You know, shoot for something different. I tell people all the time, well, I tell myself and I tell friends, like, if you don't want to be better, if you don't want to do anything differently, then you can't complain. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and it sounds really harsh, but it's like, it's I can complain all day about like, Oh, I have so many things I need. I do. I don't want to do them. And nah, 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 nah. whatever. But if you don't get up and make a mm-hmm. change, mm-hmm. you're a mindful like decision. Like, okay, I hate these things, these things, these things, right. these things. I can change them or make this better by trying this and this and this mm-hmm. and this. Mm-hmm. It's worth a shot, right? Because I always feel like the alternative is you're going to continue to feel like you feel, feel terrible, and right. you'll feel down, and you'll feel terrible, and you don't feel motivated. And then it becomes normalized, and then it becomes then it's normal. just like, okay, well, but that's how it's always been. And I've had so many clients who are like, I didn't know I could not be anxious. Mm. I didn't know my yeah. depression. Like I don't even remember life without that. Right. Feeling. I don't. I didn't know I could be and feel normal or feel like, dang, like I kind of feel okay. Right. Because I feel I've been constantly you know, jumping over these obstacles and these hurdles in my life all the time that I just right. feel like it's normal. Right. And I don't know another way to oh live. Oh my gosh, yeah. That it's like, no, there is another way. There is always a yeah. better way. Like, I don't care if it's the the bottom of the barrel, like things, you know, happen that are out of our control, happens to everybody, but you things can improve. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you can hold on to that hope mm-hmm. and that faithfulness in your life and in your bigger purpose and in yourself that like, this can be better mm-hmm. then you can do anything right because that that's really all it takes so for you what were the first few steps you took in saying i'm switching gears like i've made my decision i mm-hmm. came to my breaking point mm-hmm. i know i need to change something mm-hmm. how did you start that process i think that's like really overwhelming mm-hmm. for people they're like oh my god <laughs> like, where do i even begin mm-hmm. um you know this feels like a mountain right. and how am i gonna move it right I had to decide, I had this epiphany on New Year's Eve of last year. So this is not even a year ago. I had my epiphany of like, I really hate this program. I hate this program. I don't want to do mm-hmm. it. Maybe I am going to apply to Jackson State. Like, mm-hmm. forget it. <laughs> Bloopers, we're not going to edit this. We're not going to edit what? this. We're not this perfect. This is just live. So. It's fine. <laughs> 
Um, so I had to decide in January when I got back to DC, I was like, you're not, you can't go to class. Like you, you can't go to class this semester. It doesn't make sense to go to class in a program. You don't want to continue mm-hmm. and gain credits that you can't transfer mm-hmm. because they're completely, they're different disciplines. Like I can't transfer counseling to a PhD, well to a psychology PhD. So I was like, you're going to waste money. Mm-hmm. You're going to waste loan money at that because I'm not paying out of pocket for mm-hmm. George Washington. But you're going to waste loan money. You're wasting your time going to class all semester mm-hmm. when you don't want to be here. Right. And for what? Yeah. What are you doing that for? Like, you have, you can't go to class. Mm-hmm. So I think when I tried, I was literally like, well, maybe I can't go to class because maybe I could just do one class and do because we were in clinic. So we had to do clinic for a full year. And I already did have a semester. Mm-hmm. So I was like, so if I hadn't, the, that was the catch. If I didn't go to school January to May, if I didn't do clinic, then I would have had to start over. Okay. I would have, had I decided, oh, no, I'm going to stay at George Washington, right. then I would have lost all of my clinic So you were hours. like, this, I, so I, I got to choose now. Yeah, like, I, I got to go. <laughs> I have to choose because mm-hmm. I, I'm, in, but if I choose not to do it, I'm going to lose clinic. Mm-hmm. So if I change my mind, right. I'm going to have to do clinic all over mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. all the way. I'm so you're like, I really got to make sure that yeah. I know, like, I have some steps in place. Right, but I don't. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, right. I, I have steps in there. I know this isn't for me, but it's not like I know I'm going to get accepted into this program. Yeah. I don't know but that. But that's amazing that even with such a hefty gamble, yeah. you still were like, okay, I, I accept it. I'm ready to move on. I'm ready for the next phase. I'm mm-hmm. ready for the next journey. Because this is not for me. It's I feel like when you me. know, when yeah. you're just like, I'm putting so much on the line, right. but it's still not worth the risk of me not living the life that's right for me. Right. That's amazing. Right. So that was my big step. It's like you have Good to you. you have to unenroll in yeah. classes. Yeah. You have to let them know. I had to take a leave of absence. That's what it's called. Yeah. So I have to call the school, yeah. which I, I mean, I had this epiphany on December 31st. I did not call the school. You remember the day. I remember the day. I did not call the school to tell them that I was going to enroll until my birthday on the 22nd of January. Because I was just that freaked yeah. I was just yeah. like out of my body, freaking out. So it's like out. physically Physically uncomfortable. Yeah. Like waking, like I remember waking up in the morning like, what are you going to do? What are you going right. to decide? Are you going to do it today? You should just call them. No, don't call yeah. them yet. We're not doing that. Our you bodies know. are amazing tools. Oh I feel like God. they're like amazing vessels, even though I'm sure like we complain about like, oh my God, I'm anxious or right. I'm sad, I'm depressed. But also I think that that's your body. In many ways, your you body, something. exactly. Your body's communicating mm-hmm. with you. And I think that that's such a gift sometimes, mm-hmm. even when it's so hard and so difficult. Mm-hmm. I don't want to under, uh, I mean, I don't want to, you know, say that anxiety and depression aren't, can't be like terrible right. and difficult things right. to struggle with them personally but I think it's when you can listen to your body and find those the ways that things physically present themselves mm-hmm. you're like this is off yeah I, I have like, to change it I can't okay. take this anymore yes I have to go so your it sounds like your first step was not necessarily choosing something else or having all the steps ready yeah. to go. It's it was more so not like, this. I'm not choosing this anymore. Right. And it reminds me almost even of like a relationship. Because you do, yeah. you had a relationship to school and mm-hmm. to your education, your career path. It's almost like, okay, I don't choose this person anymore. Right. And I don't necessarily have to have the Another other person, person in the wings. Or, it's right. fine. But it's um, just like, I can't do this. Right, though. right. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I'm so happy for you. And that's, because I'm also going through my own 
uh, like thought process yes. of you know what in my life do I want to let go of and right. what do I want to keep and I think you're so right it's just like not choosing something else because then that creates space for something, to something new. new. Right. And I for something that. new to come in. Right. Like you can't even, I feel like sometimes we're so busy caught up in like maintaining mm-hmm. these things that we're like halfway, halfway about. You right. know, I have one toe right. in this. I don't really know about it, but I'm here. I can't even see these other opportunities right. or these other people or these other relationships that I could have. Mm-hmm. And then I think like after I made the decision, I started seeing such a change in like, okay well you're not in school so now you actually have time for like friendships and like you know you can talk to people you can make friends like i didn't i have i made one friend up until that point like one genuine friend who's my co-worker um shout out to kelly um who was just a phenomenal person for me to have met at that time Mm -hmm. because we both moved for the job Mm -hmm. Um, she moved from New York. I moved from Atlanta at the time to to take these jobs. We were both on the treatment team together. Mm-hmm. She was a dietitian okay. at the job. And it was just like, do we like this? Like, mm-hmm. we would just have these mm-hmm. talks like, um, like right. how long like, are we going to be? Yeah. You know, it, yeah. just, it just felt off. And so, like, that was like she was like my work person. And then I had my cohort. I, w- I was fortunate enough to be in a cohort of women. Um Ed George Washington, who were just truly phenomenal, just so understanding, mm-hmm. so compassionate, you know, That's so awesome. like, you know, open to talking about like, well, I don't know. I've thought about leaving the program too. Mm-hmm. Where are you guys yeah. at? Because our first semester was so rocky collectively mm-hmm. that, you know, but it was just, it was, it felt so much better to feel like I have these people or these like right. tribe of women to like who were like oh no this sucks or let's go get a drink or you know let's cry about it and we're you know we were like burst into tears at random points during class and stuff just because it was just so it just felt so heavy heavy all the time and it was i was just so fortunate to have found those people and then after that finding girlfriends that um who were great amazing sources of support for me toward i guess from like by the time from the time i decided not to be in school until i moved Mm -hmm. You know, who I have solid friendships with that I could go right. and let's have dinner. You know, let's go out and have a drink. Like, let's right. go and, you know, just sit around and talk right. about life. And kind of like, it's like building relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just having this space to, now that I've let go of this negative, these negative cloud over my life of yeah. uncertainty and confusion and anxiety, I've been able to open myself up to having new friendships. Right. and. That I wanted, you know, but right. I didn't really have time have to, to foster the space, right? Right. So I that love was that you talked about a tribe of women, mm-hmm. um, which is what unnamed podcast, yes, um, <laughs> will hopefully become. I think so many people, unfortunately, I mean, it's so great that you had friends, mm-hmm. and and I think a lot of us sometimes have friends that we are afraid to reach out to, yeah. or you know, are am I actually that good of friends? Yeah, am, I them? Bothering you am I bothering you? Am I right? Um, so, right, if you have an immediate group of friends, amazing. But I also even think uh, I've had a lot of conversations with female friends who have become isolated, right? Mm-hmm. Because the, the norm has become the anxiety, the fear, the not living into exactly. the life they know they really want right. or just not even having the time or place to figure out the life that they want and right. go for it. Um, so I do want to say podcasts mm-hmm. became a really great community for me when I went back home to Mississippi mm-hmm. um, and and really had to figure things out again, mm-hmm. go back to the drawing board. Um, and so I found a 
virtual community of women. Mm-hmm. These women don't know who I am. Mm-hmm. They've never met me. But I was listening to their stories yeah. and I was listening to their struggles and I was listening to them just being so real and vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And I think those are such superpowers, right? Mm-hmm. I think we think vulnerability as this weakness mm-hmm. or as, you know, I think the patriarchy again, right? right? Shames <laughs> us into into really opening up and sharing those parts of our lives that aren't perfect. Mm-hmm. But I, in listening to those podcasts or in reading those blogs or, or reading like Becoming by Michelle Obama or mm-hmm. whatever it is, mm-hmm. I think women are such storytellers. Mm-hmm. And I think that through our stories, we find strength mm-hmm. and we find ways to connect with each it's other. It's like that camaraderie. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And to know that you're not the only person in the world mm-hmm. who is afraid, who is going through a transition. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, unfortunately, social media can only represent part of the story, right. which is everything's beautiful and perfect, and my all eyelashes time. are always like all the way to my eyebrows, <laughs> and right, like you know, all the things. But I think when we get vulnerable and when we can open up about those parts that aren't perfect, mm-hmm. like that's think, the beautiful part. Exactly, I think that's where magic can happen right. because when you recognize that you're not where you want to be, yeah. you put that onto universe and then say, okay, great. Well, now where do I want to be? I have owned it. I've named it. Um, I've known other people who've not been where they want to be. So, okay, cool. We know where we are. So now, like, what are we going to do? How are we going to move forward? Mm -hmm. And then even just, like, sharing ideas or just for you saying, you know, I know I just had to take the first step of not choosing this thing for me anymore. That can be revolutionary for some people to Mm -hmm. even hear that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm so grateful that you shared that. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, And one of the questions that I want to ask all people who I interview is, what is a risk that you've taken lately? Mm. Um, or what is a risk that you want to take? It sounds like you've been, this has been the year of risk-taking. <laughs> jumping off cliffs right and left. <laughs> um, but, but now that you're, you know, on this, mm. this incredible, you, I mean, you got the ball rolling. Yeah. You're moving forward. Maybe let's talk about the future. What is something that, that looking into 2020, mm. uh, you a risk you want to take? And it can be small. It can be like, I want to, you know... I would love to go to yoga every day, right. or it could be I am thinking about where I want to live after I live in Jackson, yeah. or whatever it is. What are you thinking about? I'm thinking about our three. Our three. I have my first one is probably with school. I think being in school again and being actually like a more challenging program and it's like what I actually want to do. I think it's almost like. Um, I don't want to say it's self-sabotage, but it's like a, I know I could be doing more mm-hmm. and I'm not, you know? So it's almost like, why aren't you mm-hmm. going the extra mile in this class? Why aren't you studying harder for this? Why aren't you, you know, pushing yourself harder? You know what I mean? So I, I was also working, I work, I work part-time and I was in school full-time. So I was like, oh, you're tired, you're busy, mm-hmm. da 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 but I think, like, as the end of the semester rolled down, we got final grades. And, like, my grades are fine, but it was just, like, you really could be doing more, and you're not. So, like, you need to push yourself. And I think for me, that's – it's almost like – it's almost like that quote of, like um, – and I'm – this is – I'm going to butcher it. But it's <laughs> like, uh, you know, being afraid that we are powerful beyond measure. Mm. And it's like – it's like a Mar- – I think it's a Martin Luther King quote. If I'm misquoting that, sorry, y'all, but I think that's what it <laughs> sorry, is. I'm okay. Sorry, sorry, I'm okay. No disrespect, but <laughs> but it's like I think that's a fear. It's like maybe I am more capable, maybe I am powerful than I realize, and I'm scared to tap into that. You know that's what I mean? So, so I think for me, it's like I really, really want to push past that 
in my job, in school, and like really like, okay, if we're saying this is what we want to do, right. if we're saying this is our career, if this is what we're saying we're passionate about, let's go in. Right. But I think it's almost like a fear of like, what if it's not? You yeah. know, what if it's not yeah. what we what we think it is? What if it's not right. the career we thought? Right. You know, then what? What right. if, what's going to happen if I put a hundred percent into it and it doesn't pan out? Mm-hmm. But I think if I don't put a hundred percent into it, right. I won't find out. It's almost like the like. Sorry to keep bringing it back to relationships, but yeah. right, just like I'm just having that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, what if I fall in love with this person and then something happens? We, something happens. We yeah. break up or they die. Yeah. Like, I mean, literally, knock on wood. Yeah, my partner's not on glass. But but no, yeah. that was, that's my second it's one. Like, my so let me just media, mediocre. Let me protect yeah. myself. Yes, exactly. Let, let me not exactly. love as fully. Let me not push as hard because I don't right. want to get disappointed and right. or I don't want to disrupt this already. Like mm-hmm. you know where I am. I'm in my comfort zone now. Yeah, and like, I feel I like it just got safe. to a good place. Right. right, right. But I love that, and I'm happy for you that that that's. Yes. I think that takes so much courage to be like, right, well, I already took a risk and I'm ready to take more. Right, it's like, go. okay, Bring it it's going to be hard, but we're going to do it. Yeah. So second one. So second one, um, second one is traveling. Mm. I know, yes. I think in this, in our socio-political climate now, traveling, it just feels, it even, it's, it's un, much, as much as we don't want to admit it, we don't want to say it out loud, that we're like uncomfortable traveling mm. overseas. We're uncomfortable kind of traveling internationally what's going to be happening this particular day right. i'm in this right. country or i'm in this city you know what i mean but i just i'm like okay we can't like anything can happen anything right. can happen in your house you know god forbid but anything can happen at any time so like i can't hold myself back on this exposure and these experiences that i want to have and going traveling and with friends and traveling internationally and you know just having some new experiences mm-hmm. Because I'm scared, right? You know, so I think so. I've I've challenged myself to start my year off. I'm starting my year off. My birthday's in January. I'm starting my year off with an international birthday trip. Oh, where are you going? So I'm going to Paris. Oh my gosh! So you already are <laughs> so I'm already like risk. yeah, already and I'm set. like literally like it's a month away. Like, uh. are you solo traveling? No, so okay. I'm going with two of my best friends. Um, we're really excited about it. We don't speak French, so I've been brushing up on like Spanish. <laughs> I'm not and gonna French. lie, the French. I feel like because I went only one time for a few days, and I feel like they're so, a lot like Americans. Uh, they're like, you need to speak French. Yeah. So what are you gonna do about it? Right. Exactly. So I'm like, great really, first international trip for you. Really today. trying to like do I have like my Duolingo notifications Amazing. are going crazy. So I'm like trying to like walk my talk mm-hmm. you know and like mm-hmm. actually say like okay you i'm so inspired gonna, you're, <laughs> you're gonna start traveling more and you're not so yeah. you know i'm like okay no you're gonna push yourself That's just amazing. do it just go for a couple of days we're going for mlk weekend we'll just come back and we're just gonna go and, have fun and enjoy the city so that's my two my three was about relationships yes. and just um i think it's just scary vulnerability is so scary mm-hmm. and like i i recently started dating someone and I like to think of myself prior to this that, oh, you're so vulnerable. Like, you just, you're <laughs> so good at talking about your emotions and you can talk about anything. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. And, like, I can't. Mm-hmm. And I did not know that about myself. So, until I started dating this guy, and he was like, why are you holding back so much? Like, oh, you haven't said, he, yeah, like, he you. like calls me out. And he's like, all right. Oh, yeah, so like, you really aren't telling me anything about yourself. Like, I know you, you, what you just said, you think that was really deep. 
but it wasn't. He and said I, that to you? Yes. He's Where like, is this man? Can he <laughs> hold a seminar for all other but men? He'll literally be like, <laughs> I know, I can tell you're holding back. He I can tell. emotionally intelligent. He's that is beautiful. very emotionally intelligent um, to, his, to his full credit. And like, he's very like, yeah, so you're really not actually being vulnerable <laughs> with me. Or you're not like I can tell you're holding back. Why are you holding back? Tell, tell me like talk to me. About I'm it. like blown away yeah, right he's now. Very like, like, I've like, never heard a friend hmm. tell me that about their male partner. I'm not gonna lie. Shout out to my male partner. Shout out to my boyfriend. He's amazing <laughs> and he does do that too. But wow. It's, but for us to be for us to be more of a fresh situation yeah, for him to be very like. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's right. Like he's very like, why are you saying that? Or what does that look mean? Or you did this? Or you remember? Do you realize every time I offer you to offer to do this with you, you tell you shoot me down? And I'm like, oh my god! Like, can you back up off me for a second? Right? Can you, you know? stop telling me about myself right now? I'm, just, I'm not ready to hear that. But I like, think I'm so used to as a therapist being on the opposite side right. of like, right. oh, I can tell. I think I'm. Let me use my insight yeah. to tell you. Yeah. You know, but I'm not used to someone doing it to mm-hmm. me. That I was just like, who do you think you are? Like, no, 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 no. but I think I literally had to take a. I literally had to take a step back and be like, damn, he's right. Right. Like I'm really uncomfortable talking about this. Like physically, I can feel my body like tensing up, like talking to him about certain right. things. And I'm like, girl, I thought we were vulnerable. Mm-hmm. We are not vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. Like we're vulnerable about the things we're comfortable about. Right. And I had to learn that, like, I'm not vulnerable about things I don't want to talk about. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. A, like a normal person who doesn't right. want to talk about it. Right. So I think challenging myself to not only be more open and be more more vulnerable, but also I think I really think the part of that is letting someone really see you mm-hmm. for who you are. I love that. And that is a very different. It's a much more deeper, intimate connection. Right. It's like, I'm going to have this really open moment with you or talk mm-hmm. to you about something I don't think I've ever told anybody right. or, you know, have this idea or you're challenging that you see my body language change every time I bring something up and right. not realizing how much something bothers right. me, you know, and just being more open in that regard with myself mm-hmm. and saying like, damn, like maybe this is something you need to work on, you know, and taking that and actually working on right. it, but also like taking a step towards something some dating someone mm-hmm. who is that like mm-hmm. in your face because that can be kind of off-putting right. for some people it can and, be scary yeah like, and if I mean, you're not ready for it if you're not ready for yeah. it and like I, and i get that for people right. who, i'll be like all right i'm back on hinge you right <laughs> <laughs> or people who like are dating a therapist you mm-hmm. know and mm-hmm. it's just like uh like i don't really know yeah. but you know so it, it taking that leap to also like allow someone to see you, allow mm-hmm. somebody to know you, allow somebody to get to know that. you, those inner workings and what makes you who you are, what are you passionate about, um, who do you love, why right. do you love them, how do you show you love right. them, you know, and allowing somebody to do that for you. And right. I think I think women especially are so used to like, let me cater to this, let me cater to right. you, let me do uh, this for let you. Let me make this comfortable yeah, for you. Yeah, let me let make me this comfortable, let me accommodate you, let me, you know, mm, let me just love on you all day, you know, and just let you do whatever. Right. That I think it's it's harder to demand that like, no, this is what I prefer. Right. This is my preference. I would like for you to do this. Right. Or this is what I want to do with you. Does that work with you? Right. You know, kind of thing. And not just being like, oh yeah, it's whatever. It's yeah, whatever it's you want to do. I'm great. Yeah. Right. No. So I think having the power in relation part in like relation in what am I trying to say romantic relationships to know yourself enough to that. know what right. you want yes and what you deserve Absolutely. and be able to ask for it but also let somebody in yeah while you do yeah. that and let somebody see you and let someone 
see those ugly parts of like, you know, I had a horrible day or I'm watching this movie that's making me cry right. and, you know, yeah. and or I'm just being weird in the kitchen yeah. dancing or something, you know, and just being yourself. And I think just having the having the courage and the taking the initiative to just be who you are mm, and just that. being and being feeling loved being yeah. who you are yeah. you know i think that's just this is dropping so amazing. many knowledge bombs in here today <laughs> i'm just like yes i want to talk about that in this episode and like but certainly yes 100 percent. loving yourself i think is the first step mm-hmm. into being able to really know what you want and mm-hmm. then be able to to demand it yes, right absolutely ask for it um I love that. And want to end on a positive note. I feel Yay. like so all of the questions I was thinking about asking, I feel like you've already answered. <laughs> um, but I do want to ask them, maybe, you know, if, if this is something you feel like you haven't really fully gotten to flesh out. Yeah. What's a moment lately where you just felt like a boss? You felt like a queen. You were so proud of yourself and you're like, man, mm. I am. I'm kind of amazing. Like, oh, my God. Mm, <laughs> um, yeah. Ooh. It can be like, oh my gosh, I folded all my laundry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a queen. Or it could be, you know, I I like put myself first this week and mm-hmm. it felt really good in my relationships or whatever. This is probably is like a childish this is like a I'm becoming an adult thing. Like me going to the eye doctor or like I went to the eye doctor and the dentist over the last month. And I did not have my mom with me. Yeah, like, don't sing so hard. And I pay my copay myself. Oh, boom. I didn't. And I paid yes. it from my debit account. Oh, I didn't pay it on girl. my credit card. Yes. I didn't. It was like, oh, bill my mom because like, they were like, oh, do you want me to just bill it? I was like, I got, I got it. <laughs> but I think like not only. I, it felt good just to be able to do that mm-hmm. and be able. I can financially afford. Mm-hmm to do that because right. that hasn't always been the case with like my you know ups and downs of jobs and like where I was living and da, da, da. so being able to like pay for it yes. and also like that I feel like I'm helping my parents mm-hmm. I feel like my parents have done gone up and beyond the moon and back for me for my brother um and have been just the most supportive mm-hmm. parents I could possibly ask mm-hmm. for and like my grandparents especially too like have helped raise me a lot. A lot of my upbringing was due to my grandparents and my family just has really just value, always supported my career. Mm-hmm. They've always supported whatever I wanted to do, whatever I, you know, my I came to mom, literally had my epiphany at my aunt's house crying about not wanting to do that program mm-hmm. anymore. Came to my mom's and I was telling her, she's just like, okay. Okay. Oh, that's so You know, beautiful. like, let's, what so do we beautiful. need to do? You know, and so. Shout out to Mama Horn. Shout out to Mama Horn, who is thebomb.com. So she is absolutely phenomenal. Mom, if you're watching, we love you so much. Dad, I love you so much. Y'all are amazing. But, <laughs> I love y'all too. <laughs> Sarah loves y'all too. <laughs> but just being able to have that, like, being able to feel like I'm giving back. Mm-hmm. Even though I can't possibly repay my parents right. for everything that they've done for me and all the support and all the love and guidance and all the things you know i can't there's no way i can pay you back but just to be able to like oh i, I paid my dental bill so y'all yes. don't have to worry about it you know i paid my eye doctor visit mm-hmm. y'all don't have to worry about that either and just you know whenever my mom asked me to come over and help with my grandmother or you know whatever just trying to be available mm-hmm. i think those make me feel the most like empowered right. that like not only am i doing all the things that i said i wanted to do right. and i'm in the space where i'm seeing clients i'm working in private practice I'm in the program I always wanted to be mm-hmm. in. You know, I'm living in this amazing apartment. You know, everything seems to be kind of falling into place when 
when what it was December when eleven months ago I swear everything was shattering. Yes, you know what I mean. Oh, that, yes, and isn't it amazing how quickly. I mean, I'm sure, like, in the moment, it doesn't, it doesn't feel, feel quick. Bad. It's like, oh, my God, I'm in quicksand. I'm dying. Right. This is terrible. But literally, I, like, drive oh, yeah. around, like, damn, you were so you were so scared right. to make this change. Right. You were so scared to come back to Jackson. You were so scared to, like, take this leap and add, and yeah. really seek the things that you want. And for what? And it's, yeah. it's been great. And now you're living with one of your best friends. I'm living with my best friend in a beautiful home. Beautiful home. Shout out to this couch. <laughs> it's been very comfy. This apartment's beautiful. Thank you. Uh, in a program that you love with a new, a new potential, potential. dating something mm-hmm. something, and uh, just yeah, you just seem so happy and yeah. just have this beautiful light. And of course, I feel like we shouldn't, you know, feel like oh, I have to always be perfect and happy and right. Chipper and, and, it's, da, da, da. and it's not but that. Just They're... recognizing their seasons, right? And like you're in such a like it's light just a great season, season right of yeah. like you're. I'm surrounded by my family that I adore. My best, my closest friends are from Jackson and live in Jackson, mm-hmm. um, or are still closer in Jackson than they were to me in DC. You know, I'm in a program that challenges me. It's kicking my ass, but I still love yeah. it. And you know, I'm trying to do it. I'm learning. You know about myself as a therapist, yeah. as I'm being able to like work with clients, different types of clients I haven't worked mm-hmm. with before, and trying to work on my own skills, but still feeling like I'm still getting that my that passionate part out. Yeah, you know. But it's just it's all like it's just little pieces. That's I always tell people it's yeah. like a, it's like a puzzle, like finding that good recipe. Yeah, it's like what do I need? What are these little things mm-hmm. that I need to figure out that I really need? Right, you and know? we don't figure. I feel like there's this expectation after college. It's like, all right, dream job, let's go. Yeah. Like. I'm out of college or, you know, I know everyone has different pathways, but it's like, all right, when do I get my dream job? Like right. early twenties. And it's like, no, and it you doesn't happen like that. Choose, you, you, you take away what you need what to take you, away, right. uh, from all these different lived experiences, mm-hmm. relationships, jobs, school, you know, and, and I think you, yeah, you're constantly yeah. crafting this like beautiful, I love the word puzzle. Like yeah. you're just kind of putting the little like, pieces oh, together. Oh, I love this about Atlanta. Yes. Great. Okay. Well, yes. I want to find this in the and next place the I live And find pieces that don't in. fit. Yeah. And, you know what? And just be like, side. actually, I don't even need this piece. Right. This is from a right. puzzle. I don't even need this piece. <laughs> I love that. That's so good. Well, thank you so much. No it's, I just... Ugh, I just love catching up with you. I know. And Sarah and I, for the record, talk like this pretty much all the time. All the time. Anytime we have a random <laughs> dinner catch-up, we'll be like, oh, no, we're good on food. We're just going to continue to sit right, and talk. Right, thank right, you, right. Though. More wine, though, please. <laughs> more but wine, always. always. Um, well, thank you so much. And felicidades. I'm just so happy for you. Um, and, and thank you for sharing with me and for hopefully sharing with a community of people who can resonate with a lot of your experiences. I hope so. Well, in with a hug. Mwah. Love Gracias. You. Love you too. <laughs> well, thank you guys. Hope you all enjoyed. Mm-hmm.